Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of The Books to Gaze. I always pause for your yell. Like now I expect it. So if you don't do it, it's gonna be really weird. I got you. I got you. Um I'm Alex. My I almost said I'm Alex, my name is she her. My pronouns are she her. <laughs> I'm very tired this morning. And I'm Sam, and my pronouns are she her. We are living our best life this morning. We're what are we talking about, Alex? Um, we are gonna talk about our February book Cemetery Boys. So by um Aiden Thomas, this book was decided on by our Patreon. So our Patreons at the $5 and $10 level get to pick from a choice of four books each month. And that's the book Sam and I are going to read and talk about once a month. Uh, What's wrong? I, I lost my train of thought. And I was like, how do I end that? Um, oh, sorry. I was like looking at my text message that you sent me. And so when I looked up, you're like, once... Uh, and I was like, what? I, what? I, I will give everyone a little like behind the scenes um, little tidbit of information. A lot of times I lose my train of thought or I start to panic mid-sentence and I just like look at Sam with like a panicked face and I hope that she can put together that I'm, I don't know what to do anymore and save me. And usually she does unless she's distracted. Yeah, so sorry. Today was a day. And we're getting it together. We're getting it together. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good, it's a good day. But before we start, Alex, what's giving you life this week? I'm chewing. So what's giving you life? Okay, what's giving me life this week? Um, so we're recording this at the end of January, and up until last, the beginning of last week, I had read one book. One. What? Yeah, because, like, I'm telling you, I've been going through these, like, phases of either I want to read all the books or I don't want to read anything. Mm -hmm. And if you tell me I have to read, I will not read. And so, anyways, I read Legendborn. And after Legendborn, I just could not put books down. And so I ended up flying through four books. Damn. Five books this month. And that's a huge deal for me. In, like, the last week of the month? Mm-hmm. Holy shit, that was fast. I know. Um, I read Red at the Bone by Jacqueline Woodson. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah, how was that? Because I keep wanting to buy it. Um, Don't buy it, I'll send you my copy. Okay, that gives me money. <laughs> I got you. It was, uh, I've never read a book like that. And I know that we're supposed to be talking about Cemetery Boys, but I need to take a moment and just say, like, I read so many five-star books for myself this week or this, yeah, this month that, like, I don't know what to do. Oh, my God. And I actually rated it a four-star on Storygraph, but then I just can't stop thinking about it. So You might go back and change it. Five. Um, I've done that. Super wonderful. Um, It was beautiful. Like it's written. So the story is told in a day, but it spans over like the grandmother's life and the mother's life. Does that make sense? But it's all talking about the the girl and she's not even little, but it's just a girl. Anyways, it would make my life if we could get Jacqueline Woodson on this podcast. All I'm saying um i read that one i read honey girl what's up more we love you we do. um that was a five star read 
I read Legendborn. That was a five star read. I read Camp. Oh, I loved Camp. <laughs> I loved Camp. It's like super and joyful. It is. It's been so fun. And then I read a book that Meryl Wilsner recommended to us. Well, an author that they recommended to us. And it's by Rachel Sprangler and it's called Fire and Ice. Mm, I remember them recommending Rachel. Yeah. And so it's just like a fun woman loving woman book. Like that's it. And I'm here for it. I learned about curling and not my hair. (laughs) <laughs> this the olympics oh Listen, so my screen time guys was down last week by nine oh. <laughs> percent that's exciting um there are moments when it gets really high for me and i'm like this is embarrassing but when i tell you that over the um quarantine like whenever florida was actually participating in it <laughs> uh, I was at like 11 hours a day. Yeah. That is disgusting. Even like now I'm still at like eight or nine and I'm like, I mean, I know I'm like mindlessly pick it up every five minutes and I'm like, this is, this is still embarrassing. I don't know like how to get it down other than like not using your phone at all. But, um, well, it sounds like you had a great reading week and a half. I did. It was literacy week. So that gave me a lot of time to read. It was a very chill week for my kids. They really enjoyed it. So yeah, it was just fine. Okay, what have, what's giving you life this week? Um, well, I went to uh, the only sort of indie bookstore near me. Like we just have Barnes and Noble, but if I drive over into St. Pete, and I've taken Sam, so she knows what I'm talking about. Um, I do. We shout out to that really pretty. What what do we call her? Like cashier, bartender. Uh, all of the above it's a wine coffee barista (laughs) um woman of all trades um she can be a woman of all trades (laughs) (laughs) oh my god um anyway this store book and bottle opened up in st pete which is like 25 minutes for me and it is like half bookstore half like wine bar coffee bar um little snacks so we try to go down there like once a month and it's the only like indie type bookstore I have so I did go a little wild buying books um oh my god I just oh no I just got my screen report and I'm up 10 (laughs) percent yeah but yours is probably lower than mine so it does not matter Okay, well, it says I'm up 10% for an average of 10 hours, 43 minutes a day. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> I blame I blame Booksagram. I'm, you know, trying, trying to trying to be somebody here. Um, and like I, I have social media everywhere else. I do not get on social media except Bookstagram. Same. I really don't care much, but I have like fallen back into TikTok. I took like two months off of TikTok and now I'm kind of back in. Um, anyway, I I'm back went in because Hannah Breadtalk broke up with her girlfriend. That's true. You're back in because of that. Hello, Grizz. Um, <laughs> so I talked to them at Book and Bottle, told them about the show. So maybe they'll find us. Maybe they'll forget. But I plan to go. I ordered. I had them order me a book. So I plan to go back 
this week or next when it comes in and I'll remind them that I exist on the internet. Um, but anyway, I bought, let's see, I bought The Prophets by Robert Jones because it's queer. And <laughs> Sam is funny. Um, Grizz is yelling. So Sam is on mute trying to yell at Grizz to make him stop. And I'm just watching her furiously wave. Um, I bought The Prophets by Robert Jones. And then I bought The Space Between Worlds by Micaiah Johnson because JG has recommended that to me. And it's like a multiverse, diverse sci-fi queer book. Um, I bought Minor Feelings by Kathy Park Hong, which is a nonfiction. And then the subtitle is like an Asian American reckoning. I've seen that a lot, especially on the Stacks pod. And the people who I follow that are nonfiction recommenders. Um <laughs> And then I bought a new release called The Ruthless Lady's Guide to Wizardry, which is supposed to be sapphic. And then The Vanished Birds by Simon Jimenez, which Christina, at To Book or Not To Book, recommended to us last year on the podcast. So those are my book purchases. When will I read them? Nobody knows. I mean, honestly, like, I am here for all of these. Um, I really want to read The Prophets that's on my list my actually I have a friend who's not on bookstagram but she follows my bookstagram who messaged me and she's from college and she was like have you read the prophets like I want to read it and I was like yeah I hear amazing things and it happened they had two copies at the store and I picked one up that is a signed copy so I was like well that's fun that's really cool I have a little signed copy and then I had them order me detransition baby because it's queer and Megan has been talking about it and I have seen it around because a lot of people bought it on release day and I think it has like a trans character a cis character um from what I read of the synopsis oh your screen went dark is that your lady friend no is it your screen time yeah oh okay um so let's transition into Cemetery Boys. Do you want me to give a synopsis? Oh, please do. <laughs> okay. What I have written down says Cemetery Boys is a contemporary paranormal fantasy about a trans boy named Yadriel. Yadriel? Yadriel? I think I called him Yadriel. Yadriel. Okay, we'll go with Yadriel, who is trying to prove to his family he's a brujo. He decides in order to do that, he's going to summon the spirit of his cousin Miguel, who died under mysterious circumstances, and release him to the afterlife. Unfortunately, he ends up summoning the spirit of Julian Diaz, the resident bad boy of his high school. The two have to work together to find out what happened to Yadriel's cousin and Julian's friends the night he was killed. As they go about trying to solve these murders, Yadriel develops feelings for Julian, and that complicates everything isn't that always the way i know you just like always fall in love and the world ends honestly i love a good bad boy story and i love how it's always like they start like the bad boy but then julian's like the softest like cutest sweetest little boy ever and he's going through so much what about him is bad (laughs) nothing nothing is bad we love him um, okay, so I wanted to start, Sam. What, just in general, did you think of this book? What were your impressions? What were some of your thoughts? Um, so I actually read the read this when I was in New Mexico, and if anyone oh. knows me, that was when I lost my wallet. Um, That's true. I remember that. I read it in. Stop! 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 Sorry, everyone. Um, 
I just have a big baby who is <laughs> attempting to now get in my lap. He's having some uh, time today. <laughs> anyways, and so I read it there. I read it in October. One, it hit at such a good time. It was such a beautiful moment for me because it is so, it like has a little level of spookiness. It has a little level of paranormal, like fantasy. It was just wonderful for October. And, oh, found family. Like that's all I could keep thinking of is like the beautiful moment of found family in that book. I loved it. I think it was in my top five favorite reads of last year. Wow. I know. I sobbed on the plane and the person next to me just kept looking at me like, and I was just like, it's just beautiful. (laughs) So what do you, did any parts specifically make you sob or just like the overall like theme of the book? Um, the end. And I don't even want to say it, but when the person comes back okay. and mm-hmm. and <laughs> so the whole thing, the whole family thing, yeah, yeah, I love. Listen, families, especially right now, just get me. Oh, there's one way to make me sob, like a baby. Yeah, I can. I I anytime like anything deals with death and dying it always like hits me emotionally because I'm like a big baby and like a typical um person I like am so afraid of death because I'm like I don't want people to go away forever I don't want to go away forever like what the fuck um so I would say I think for me what I thought of the book in general um was that I thought it was so interesting to learn more like obviously the writer is Latinx and to learn more about that culture and like how they feel about death and dying and the Mm -hmm. afterlife and their families because um you know like I was raised in a religion that believes in heaven and like angels I don't really think I believe in that so I don't really have any opinion on the afterlife other than like you're dead and gone and that's it but I was reading this and I'm like how wonderful is it to like feel whether I mean I can't comment on what actually happens in their culture and tradition but like to feel like once a year your your loved ones that have passed away can come back and you can feel their presence and like be with them and talk to them. I'm like, that is so cool. And whether it's more of a figurative thing than an, a literal thing, like that's still, I think it, it must be so nice to have a belief that when people die, they're still there and you can still feel them and see them and interact with them and not like just like, okay, they're, like maybe you, you don't like feel afraid of death as much if you have that opinion I don't know what do you think I loved the fact that once a year because you never really lose them because once a year they come back and like even though to be without your mom like spoiler alert in the book um I think he like Yadriel says it really fast yeah um he or yeah he has lost his mom and just this beautiful moment of like the mom being able to come back every year um I think one thing that made me sad though and this is such a seven thing so don't judge me (laughs) um is you only come back if people remember you 
like yeah. after you and I was like, st- like when oh my gosh and this is so dumb but like my heart broke thinking that like what if you're not remembered is that like and, a, like a little like fear of yours we're having a therapy session right now <laughs> i mean maybe a little bit you know like i would hope that I would be remembered for something like yeah. along the line. Yeah, I think people want to like make an impression on someone or the world or their community or their friend group, you know? Yeah. You want um, but I did love it. Head. I thought it was beautiful. I thought Aiden Thomas did such a great job. Um, it just, it hit at such a good moment in my life. Like I needed it. I think I needed that remembering because the dad doesn't accept him yeah you know at the beginning dad is like okay whatever but you still can't be a brujo Mm -hmm. and um i feel like i just i'm gonna mess that word up through the whole thing so i will apologize now um (laughs) i did like i wrote down like that I think I was reading an interview with Aiden Thomas and he made the point that like Yadriel's family isn't like intrinsically transphobic. They just are uninformed. And so like there are moments where they misgender him or they say because of their traditional, like you have a brujo and a bruja and like you're a witch or you're this protector or you're this releaser of souls and it's very gendered. And I think like, sometimes and we've talked about that too that like for queer families a lot of that is accurate like your family still accepts you they just don't get it and you kind of have to allow them the space and time to you know we've reckoned with our own queerness for however long it took to accept it and then you come out and you want your parents to immediately be like okay this is great blah, blah, blah. but like they have 18 years 28 years 12 years however long it took you know however however old you are when it happened to now have to like reframe what they thought Mm -hmm. and I think as queer people we can be a little impatient because we're like well we're we're okay with it now we want to be out we want to be proud we want to be accepted and then we have to also allow that space unless people are being harmful to allow like your parents to and I think that's kind of what Aiden Thomas did well in the story like his family was not Yadro's family was not getting it but they were trying to and so they'd like fuck it up and then they'd try to apologize. And Yadriel, of course, is a teenager and he's like, like, it's fine. It's fine. But like they, it was, it's not like his family was intentionally being mean. Well, and I think about, so when I got, we all know the story of how I ended up coming out to my parents (laughs) and the girl I was with whenever I mean, because at first it was horrid. It was awful. I can't even describe to you what it was like. And I can remember her, me just like sobbing on the phone with her and just being like, I don't, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And I remember her being like, you have to give them grace. Like you have to realize that you've already made peace with who you are. You've already like come to terms with exactly who you are. But your mom found out yesterday. Yeah. And not only did she find out yesterday. It was a little one, it was jarring. Dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> it was jarring. Uh. Two, it was also very 
against everything she's ever known. You know, like, Mm -hmm. in a Christian culture, homosexuality is viewed in such a, like, sinful way. Yeah. And so she was like, your mom has already made such great leaps in a day. Like, give her a second. And I'm so glad someone told me that at the beginning, because that has always given me room anytime I get really just irritated that my mom's not on the level where I am Mm -hmm. to be like, he gets grace. Like, look how far she's come. And now still boundaries are set up and you cannot speak. There are things you cannot say to me, you know, like I have boundaries up for myself, but just to be able to give her grace to learn and to ask and to not cut her off completely has been that's probably the best advice someone ever gave me and like I still look back at that and I'm just very grateful absolutely I think it's worth and obviously so many people's situations are different but I think it is worth again you know there are people who come out and they get kicked out like things are being said you know like your parents will probably never understand I follow some like queer influencers on Instagram whose parents like they tried to give them a chance and they would like refuse to come around they'd say really harmful things and there 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 does have to be a moment where you think to yourself like okay it's been x amount of time do I like cut these people out for my own mental health and like live my life or do I keep trying and I think a lot of queer people keep trying and and it does though the saying it gets better is there for a reason like and I remember I mean some of us it takes 40 years to come out to ourselves. Some of us know we're queer from like birth. Some of us know in our 20s. And I think like it took me like a year and a half to like fully accept. And then I like came out to my mom and my parents or whoever else, everyone basically um, that needed to know. And then, you know, you just have to give them like, okay, it took me, me myself a year and a half to be okay with this. Like if these people aren't automatically like throwing me my own pride parade, it's okay. And I, like, talked to a friend the other day who um, – she's older and has a teenager. And we were talking just, like, really candidly. She's one of my close friends. And her daughter um, is questioning her sexuality, and she feels like maybe she's beginning to question her gender. So I was giving her some book recommendations for her daughter and, like, kind of, like, just some, like – she's asking me for advice. Like, what do I do if they come out as non-binary? What do I do about this? Not She's like – and, like – there's like this really awful part of me. She's like, I would never say this to my daughter. I would never be anything but outwardly supportive. But there is a part of me that is like, but I'm raising such a strong woman and it would it would it would make me feel sad to not have a daughter anymore. And I was like, that's okay to feel that. Like you're allowed to have your feelings. And it's nice that you know enough to not say that to your daughter if they were to come out as anything but your daughter. And right. like, but that's like a very real part of Being a parent, you know, like I think even for my own parents, they imagine me marrying a man and what that wedding looks like and doing what they did with their life. So they have to like rework that and like, okay, here is, and I think, I I don't think I don't, I (laughs) I think I was just talking. (laughs) I look at my mom and I love that woman with like my whole heart. And I know without a shadow of a doubt that that woman would sell herself for me in a heartbeat like absolutely you know maybe not sell herself that's not she would kill me for saying that 
Um, but she would take a bullet in a heartbeat. Um, and I think in her mind, she saw my life going the way that hers did. Yeah. So she got married and she had kids and she got to be a grandma and she got to be a babysitter when she needed, you know, all the things that like her dreams, mm-hmm. not that they got crushed, but they just got changed. Yep. You know, and so it's been a moment for her to have to be like, okay, so reworking what that looks like. And I mean, honestly, from day one to now, she's a completely different person. Like, yeah. And uh, like years, two years from now, she'll probably be even different and more different. And like at your wedding, she might be like the one leading the charge for every, you know, like you just never know where you're going to end up. And I think. Like your ex said, you have to give people a little bit of grace to get better. Yeah. And I will say this, one of the greatest things, my mom is one that like, you honor your promises, like you do what you're supposed to do. And there was a moment just the other day where a girl that I grew up with graduated from uh, nursing school and I got invited to the party and she's very homophobic and she is very Christian and the girls that were going are the exact same way like their Facebook is all Leviticus whatever mm-hmm. um, and their parents the worst part is their parents like I grew up at their houses and so those moms think of me as their kid, but also like those moms think the same way. Yeah. And I called mom and I was just like, I just kind of got very anxious and like, I was like about to cry. And I was just like, I, I can't, like, I can't go. Like, I don't, I don't want to be pushed in a corner where 15 straight people are like trying to cast a demon out of me. Like I, I can't. Right. And I just saw how far my mom has grown because she was like, you do not have to go. Do not go. And she was like, do you want me to go? Like, I'll go instead. That's Basically, so- like, I know. And it, like, makes me almost, like, cry thinking how far we've come. Yeah. Because, like, my mom that you honor your promise and you go. And, like, you said you'd go and you you know but now she can empathize and see like as a queer person that is a situation that is like could be very harmful to you so she's like no don't do it yeah and i was like you go lori lori land she's coming through coming through but I feel and I feel like Yadriel's family too even in the book to tie it back like you saw that progression through this oh my gosh yes and by the end like and I I think okay so my next question was what worked really well and in that vein I think that that progression of his family accepting him and you see at the end too the apology that Yadriel gets and like it's a good apology. It's not like, oh, you know, like, sorry that I didn't get it. It's like, no, like, I I hurt you. I'm sorry. Like, I need to do better. I will do better. Here's how. And I, I love that because it kind of came full circle. And I, oh, man, I want you guys to read it. So I don't even want to give it away. But I love 
in the end who showed up for him and you start to realize like not that you start to realize but you realize who was the person that has always like been his backbone mm-hmm. all that just like broke me soft yeah. like a baby well I think that, that- that worked really well, too, because I think there was this good, like, through line in the story of the contrast of, like, blood family versus found family. And you have Yadro yeah. who has his blood family and, like, this big, like, all of his relatives are close by. They all grow up together. They all do this. They all do this. So he's kind of, like, figuring that piece out. But then you have Julian who only has a queer found family, like, doesn't have his parents. His brother is there, but, like... You know, and his brother takes care of him, but it's different. But, like, Julian forms this little family based on, like, personal experiences and forms of oppression that, like, Mm -hmm. because queer kids often aren't accepted by their family. So then they form their little families themselves. And so you had the found family versus the blood family, like, contrast in the story. And that, like, worked really well. And I thought it was beautiful how your blood family can also be your found family. Like his cousin was his fiercest protector. Like Mm -hmm. he was willing to peace out for, you know, for him. And she was the ride or die the whole time. You know? Oh my God. Marissa was my favorite character. She was. (laughs) She was like the most loyal friend slash family member. Like, yeah. Ready to like put herself on the line for Gadriel and like fight every battle for him. Every battle, every single battle, she was a ride-or-die character. And she was so snarky. I loved her. Oh, my gosh. Me, too. She reminded me of you so much sometimes. (laughs) When she screamed at Lady Death at the end, I was like, girl, you would scream at, like, the the patron saint (laughs) of your whole family. And I love you. (laughs) I'm not taking no for an answer. Do you hear me? Yeah. I was like, you're the greatest. I loved her dogs too. It took me a second when it was like, the boys, the boys, the boys have to come. And I'm like, her brothers? And then like, they said they were dogs. And I was like, this is fantastic. Dogs. I loved that it was dogs. Me too. (laughs) Big mush pit bulls. Y'all did not know that that would be me. Like the boys have to come. Yeah. Honestly, I say that too. Like the kids, the kids are coming and they're my, they're just my baby, my baby dogs. I think it's, what? I call them the babes. I'm like, the babes are coming. Yeah, I love it. I also love that, like, Aiden took the pit bull stereotype and turned it on its head because it's like, oh, these big, scary pit bulls. And then they, like, tackle you with kisses and big smiles and, like, they're big babies. (sighs) Hold on. I, okay, I do this and I think I'm good. And then. What? How do I mute it? You're muting? No, I want to mute so I exited out of my text messages on my computer. Oh, just like, right click on the thing and hit quit. Oh, okay. Right click. Mm, well, that did it. Okay, hold on. Left, right. Got it. Um, it pops up. <laughs> all right. But well, it it's, it's not making noise right now. Well, okay. Oh, are things coming in? Yeah. All right. We'll see if it makes noise. Um, okay. So what are, what, did anything not work well for you? I didn't love the only like thing that the more I think about it, the more I'm just like, I get a little uncomfortable. Hold on. Move your microphone a little. 
Something's making a static noise. Okay, good. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. Maybe, let me move my phone. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. By the microphone. Um, the one thing that didn't work, and honestly, I didn't even think about it in the book, but it was after the book and me just like chewing on it, is I didn't love the aspect of um, Julian's anger problems Mm. and how there was no real like he just had anger problems and then it was kind of like oh okay they're done like we're good like those are that's something I wish we would have worked through or like mechanisms because I think that can be super harmful yeah like maybe a discussion about what he could because he did kind of throw a lot of temper tantrums there and like right that's not just going to go away because the story ends, you know, like what, what could you have done? Or even just talk about like, you know, maybe mental health care for, I know it's community mental health is terrible. So like if you don't have a family to help you access those things, but you know, just like suggestions for, for. Yeah. Like I wish we would have had at least like a conversation that Mm -hmm. this is not okay. And this is how we're going to do, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was just kind of like, oh, we're done. But it was, the more I thought about it and the more I think about it, throughout the whole thing, you see, like, he throws things. He throws these temper tantrums. Storms away, yeah. Storms away. And those are not healthy and those are not okay. And and those they'll keep cropping up in relationships if, you know. Right. Right. I, you know, I didn't realize that either, but I do agree that you say that. I think for me, um, I do think it was, like, the right book at the wrong time. Like, Mm -hmm. I just – I think it was one of those things where, like, you have to read it because you have a deadline. Like, we have to talk about it. And it wasn't, like, catching me. And so I felt bad because I'm, like, I liked – I like it a lot. I like the story. And now that I finished it, I'm, like, oh, this is wonderful. But it just, like – I think if I read it at a different time, I wouldn't have been able to put it down. And it took me a while because I was just, like, meh. But – yeah. That was me, not the book. I think the book, I mean, the only thing I can say is it's young adult and I, it was predictable. Like I knew it was going to happen. It didn't like shock me the big, like what is happening mystery of who, who did it. And like, wait, it didn't shock you of who it was. No, I saw that coming immediately. Really? Yeah. I mean, the sec it took uh, the second day like so like the whole time when the grandma's like where are the things for the jaguar i was like oh, okay something fishy's going on and i knew that like i knew the end would happen and everything would be okay well i mean i knew the end everything would be okay i knew but i did not expect who it was yeah i the second i think it was maybe the second time that character came up but when you start to like connect this is obviously spoilery i'm sure if people are listening to this they're going to figure it out so hopefully you've read the book and i will say if you have it maybe stop here but um the second time that character came into the book and they were just talking about how on the outskirts they were and no magic and da da i was like yeah um I was like, yeah, he's going to – sorry, I lost my train of thought. But the second I saw that character again, and they just kept, like, pushing this, 
you know, the gendered magic and like magic is for us. But if you don't have it, you can't be anything in Yadriel because you're trans. You can't be anything because you can't be what you, what we think you should have been. Then I knew that there would be more to that storyline. And obviously we knew Yadriel like could be a brujo because he did his um, little thing. But when they were talking to the other character and the other character had like zero magic and zero abilities, I'm like, yeah, that's probably not going to sit well with him. Like he's, he, I loved that he was so nice to Gadriel, but I was like, this is fishy. So I saw it All right. All right. I'll, I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. <laughs> that's my only complaint. But I mean, it's not like a, I didn't, I wasn't mad that I figured it out. It just wasn't, it was pretty predictable. Well, and I feel like I, also true seven I feel like I also get so invested in a story that I'm following along that I don't feel if it's a good story I don't feel like I have to you're not thinking out. ahead yeah you're just right it. that's true um, and so and not that I wish I was more that way like my mom is one when we start watching a movie she's trying to figure out the ending mm-hmm. and sometimes I'm like I am just gonna be here for it um and then sometimes I want to figure it out. But I feel like with that one, I was just invested in the story. Yeah. And I was just really happy that she, that, um, that he had a, like, person at that point like that supported him. Mm-hmm. And then when you realize, like, oh. I know. I think if I was more invested in the story, I wouldn't have guessed. Or maybe I wouldn't have cared enough to think too hard about it. But um, also, did it – it kind of reminded me of Lion King. I'm not going to lie. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. (laughs) Oh, my – yeah. The, like, outcast brother who thinks he deserves stuff. And the – oh, my God. You're so right. Wow. And, and like (sighs) – Seeing it in, yeah. Whenever I read it, I was like, oh, oh, what's up, Lion King? And then I was like, Hamlet? What? What? Because isn't Lion King based off Hamlet? I don't, I don't know. I don't remember Hamlet. Um, okay, last question. Important moments. I mean, we kind of hit on it, but important moments of representation and intersectionality. Um, I loved that you saw two very different trans characters. In this book you saw and i can't uh, i wish Flocka. yes you saw Flocka, and then you also saw yadriel and i loved that i loved the fact that um found family was so prevalent mm-hmm. i loved i'm oh, i just loved it i loved it but those are the two things that I definitely think were very important moments mm-hmm. that we got to see. Okay, I will I say always... No, say that first. What? That you don't always get to see. Yes. I will say now that you brought up Flocka, like I wish we got more the thing it not that it didn't work for me, but the thing I wanted more of was like more side characters because Maritza was so great and she had a, a pretty large part. But I love I wanted to know Julian's group more. Like Omar and Flocka and Luca? Yes. Lucas? Yes, Luca. Luca. Like, I just, I was so interested in that. And then how, like, Flocka was also trans and she kind of, like, knew Julian and, like, 
helped mm-hmm. him a little bit. Um, or not Julian, God, Yadriel, sorry, all these characters. Um, But I really, I really liked that part. My dog is crying now outside the door. Um, But I, I think the moments of representation that worked for me is I like, I liked how intersectional this book was. So Yadriel is trans, but he's also queer in terms of yes. sexuality too. He's Latinx. He has like this very traditional, like he's Cuban and Mexican, like way of growing up. Um, he's obviously a person of color. He's a brujo. Like it was so intersectional that I, and, and it worked so well. And I liked that it, it, they discussed all of those elements and how it tied to his identity and like coming out. And I thought that was really well done in terms of intersectionality. But I, I loved it. I loved it so much. It is good. I'm so glad like a book like this exists. And I know Aiden has a new one coming out. That's like a queer Peter Pan retelling. So oh, hell yeah. Excited about that one. Um, otherwise, this was our February book and we will figure out what March is soon and announce it. All right. Cheers, queers. Cheers, queers. Cheers, queers.